Scott for Scots here. Ah, a good track can feed the soul. And while this might be music from the heavens, it's not gonna feed your lawn. If your yard needs some life, then you need Scott's Turf Builder. You just put it down once now, then again this summer to thicken your lawn and get it growing strong. Ooh. That's some lush lawn vibes right there. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder today. It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's it. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Tuesday, August 20th, 2013. This is episode number 142 of Purple Mafia. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is very exciting <laughs> to be here today to talk about the Minnesota Vikings yet again. We have two preseason games uh, in the books. We're not going to review the games in depth. We are going to look at the performance of the players. Uh, Certain players, certain situations with the players, generalizing things at times, and then digging deep with certain players here and there. Yeah, that's pretty much the idea of the preseason, right? Well, yeah, it pretty much is. Well, some of you may have seen that I uh, have a major announcement or special announcement to make (laughs) coming into... This show, episode number 142 on the Facebook page and on Twitter. I just tweeted it like right before I uh, came on here tonight. And, well, Purple Mafia, along with Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, my other shows. Well, of course, we are affiliated on the sportstuff.com. They are the flagship for this show but and, and the other two. But we are now also joining an affiliation with Dakota Sports FM. That's right, Dakota Sports FM. It is a very exciting time right now. They also air shows onto uh, TuneIn, which is Android and Apple devices. So that's like a live streaming deal there. So do check out Dakota Sports FM. So there's another network. That's pretty much the point of media. You join with networks. You network. That's basically what's going on, and it's finally beginning. And... Uh, This is very exciting. Very exciting times for this show. And, of course, the other two shows as well. And hopefully for Dakota Sports FM and thesportstuff.com. You know, sometimes, (laughs) or a lot of times, working together when it comes to shows and websites ends up benefiting. And uh, this is going to be, this is going to be, we hope, a very 
nice relationship and beneficial for both parties, for all involved, actually. It's not just two parties, it's actually three, because it's myself, Dakota Sports FM, and, of course, Dylan Richardson of thesportstuff.com. Dakota Sports FM, though, by the way, the main guy there, (laughs) who has the, the one who was kind enough to get in touch with me along the way. His name is Travis. Very, very appreciative of uh, him, him contacting me. Travis Cranes, uh, thank you so much again. He is the new guy there starting anew there. Uh, he's taking over the website, which is, of course, live streaming podcast, and, of course, Dan Patrick as well. It's a sports station for some young people, some Older guys like me, and of course, even Dan Patrick. So it's like, this is an exciting time. Things are developing for all parties involved, like I said before. So thanks again, all of you that have supported this show. Thanks again, Travis, and thank you always, Dylan Richardson. Thank you, oh, so very much. So, speaking of making things possible and uh, adding to the show and all that, Brent Jacobson, hey, you know, longtime friend for this show and for myself as well, (laughs) not just the show. And the other shows, but uh, yeah, thank you so much. He calls in once again. It has been a little while since Brent has called in, but always, always an entertaining call. And we're going to get to him very shortly. By the way, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention what show you're calling into, which is, of course, the Purple Mafia show. And uh, you will your show will be played on air with me. It will be... Good times always. Always adds to the show. Of course, there's the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply click like on there and post whatever you want, (laughs) as long as it's like on topic for the most part. And of course, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter. But again, welcome to those of you that may be listening via Dakota Sports FM. Really nice to meet you. Hopefully, you know, it would be nice to hear from you at some point on any of those uh, ways to contact the show that I just mentioned. Would be great. So, thanks again for that, Brent Jacobson. <laughs> Sorry for rambling a little bit there, but I got to do what I got to do. Let's get to Brent Jacobson's call. Brent here. Um, first things first, much, huge props to Sebastian for joining the Navy, uh, and huge props to your call, man. Secondly, I'm beginning to think that from what I'm hearing so far, Ponder might actually be finally starting to quote-unquote get it. Though, it is preseason, and this is just against quote-unquote friendly fire, so we'll see. Uh, don't write off Castle yet. It, I honestly think last year in Kansas City, they're basically, they only had two weapons, Charles and Bo, and a crappy offensive line, the different word I wanted to use, but trying to keep it PG-13 here. Secondarily, the Shirley Floyd, Ed, Cornell Patterson, just from what I heard from the first preseason game, I wasn't able to watch because I was stuck at one of the gates working security, but hey, a paycheck is a paycheck. Uh, from what I hear, Floyd was a beast. Patterson, sounds like he, sounds like Percy, who? Wendy, who? 
I know, I know, it's early yet, but hey, one can hope. Lastly here, I'd keep a... I'm, I can't wait to see the game Friday against Buffalo. See how we do better there on the road and go from there. Lastly, I do agree with you, Joey, that Judd is better than PA. But I still do miss PA and Dubay. Um, go Vikings. Let's kick some butt this weekend against Buffalo. And, but what the heck does it matter? It is just preseason. Nobody get hurt. Let's see what happens. Let's have fun and skull Vikings. Sorry, Joey. Bye. And I thank you for that call. Always, Brent. Very cool. Very welcome, member of the Purple Mafia. Thank you so much for that call. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, those of you out there, Dakota Sports FM, that are maybe listening for the first time, I try to keep this a very listener-friendly show. Uh, I may cut down a little bit on some of the Facebook and Twitter type stuff this year because I don't want to bore all of you to death with just too much reading and such. We've got to, you know, get to, though it is great to get as many people's opinions as possible, but i got to kind of break it down a bit to um, <laughs> differing opinions, not just, yeah, Ponder sucks, yeah, Ponder, yeah, Ponder sucks, you know, whatever. I'm just making that up, but whatever the item is, because it kind of happened a lot last year. All right, to the call. Uh, yeah, Sebastian, yeah, thank you for the shouting out to Sebastian there and the congratulations of him going to the Navy, Sebastian young man who's really uh, been a big fan of this show for a while, off to the Navy, to those of you that may be wondering what I'm talking about there. Uh, yeah, Ponder, <laughs> yeah, I hope he's figuring it out. I, I hope so, because <laughs> obviously that's one of the highlights of the call there. I really hope Christian Ponder is figuring it out. Uh, the preseason play has been so sporadic, so little, that, <laughs> I mean, it's like you're looking for, like, a, you're basically waiting for a shooting star to see Ponder playing this preseason. So, it's really hard to say, but in the small amount of time that we've seen him play, it's just, so far it kind of looks like the same junk, but who knows, we'll see. Next topic, Floyd looking good, but yeah, I'm, you know, hard to not be excited about Sharif Floyd, and and really both, or all three of the rookies coming in, uh, of course, <laughs> Rhodes and uh, Patterson, we'll get to the Patterson bit here in a second. Uh, that you mentioned, but also, yeah, of course, to note uh, Floyd will be missing the remainder of the preseason because of a minor procedure on his knee. That's been kind of a little nagging injury uh, the last week or so with Sharif Floyd, unfortunately. But, hey, to be honest, I'm glad we're not the Green Bay Packers so far this preseason with injury. If, I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens, we'll be okay. So that's that's the good thing. Uh, uh, excuse me, Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes, that is, has had a... He's, he's had a little nagging injuries as well, but hey, he played. He looks good so far. He's aggressive. You got to like that. Patterson, you know, of course, that being my favorite draft pick of them all, Cordero Patterson. I mean, how could you not love him? Absolutely thrilled. Uh, wasn't nearly as visible in the second game as he was in the first, but, eh, you know, when it comes to the preseason. But, man, uh, I think, yeah, I, I mean, he has what? Many have called the, the it factor, including Judd Zolget, like you mentioned him also in that call. Uh, yeah, he has the, the, the it factor, does Cordell Patterson. And, of course, the it factor being, obviously, just, <laughs> you know, what athletes, you know, the great, the great, the good and great athletes have when they just get it. They get it. And 
physically they get it, obviously, and mentally. So Cordero Patterson off to a really good start in his career, and it's looking good right now. <laughs> if he's a stock, a lot of people are buying right now, and that price is going to be soaring very soon. Hopefully it continues to rise and rise and rise. Very exciting about Cordero Patterson. Yeah, yeah, I did mention <laughs> that the Judd and Dubay show is better than PA. Yeah, um, I do miss PA and Dubay as well. I think, you know, when it comes to Paul Allen, you know, KFAN versus AM1500, I'd like Judd and Dubay more, yes. But, yeah, interesting thoughts there. Yeah, I, I miss it when it was PA and Dubay, but I still think Judd and Dubay actually are better than PA and Dubay. Honest to God, I just, yeah. <laughs> talk about Talk about going off topic. You know, that's what, that's what, PA's been doing pretty much for 15 years. <laughs> I don't know. He was just more entertaining about it years ago than he has been of late. But, okay, enough of my ripping KFA. And like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I better be careful about that. All right, so let's go to the Facebook page before I get too crazy. Thanks again for that call, Brent. And, again, those of you out there, don't be afraid to call in. Again, 209-736-7877. Not too complicated, right? All right, so... A brief thread when I talked about the, uh, you know, we were recording episode 141, you know, a brief thread. Had a little tiny conversation to start with a few guys. You know, Mark Carlson, all excited about, (laughs) all excited about the new show. I thank you for that so much. And again, he's wishing Sebastian Balls the best of luck in the Naval career. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, obviously. So, plain and simple, uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Sebastian needed the show recorded last week as soon as possible, and I made sure. I mean, I gave him my word. I told him I would do it because, obviously, he was, you know, a busy situation with the Navy and such. I got it up. So I try to, I absolutely try to keep my word, you know. I'm not playing around. <laughs> I'm not playing around. I'm going to do the best I can to do that. Uh, Patrick Grant also talking about Cordero Patterson. So thank you, Patrick, for joining the show here. He said uh, the kid is going to be a star. I want to talk about Cordero Patterson because I was asking everybody who's excited about Cordero Patterson, wanted to generate a little conversation. That's obviously the goal of radio, isn't it? (laughs) Without a doubt. Oh, boy. I hate how slow Facebook can load at times, but that's just how it goes. (laughs) Todd Vannermey, really, he was unable to see him because he was at work. Malcolm was very excited. (laughs) He was teasing me a little bit. He's saying, why don't you like Patterson, Joey? I just don't understand why you bash him. Nah, he had to give me, he was teasing me there because he knows I'm obsessed with him. He also responds with that he did listen to the show recently, was jumping up and down when they drafted him, so I know how you feel. And yeah, there's no doubt about it. Cordell Patterson is, oh, I mean, how, how can you not be excited as Viking fans? How can you not? Uh, another comment, too, about both of the preseason games. I got to throw this in, too. Well, it's like I almost should save it for later. But I'll throw it in now. I'll throw it in now. Maybe we'll get back to it later as well. But for the sake of just getting it done uh, so I don't forget things. My personal MVP for the Vikings this preseason thus far is Stephen Burton, folks. Stephen Burton. Because he's been, he's been talking about the Ed factor. But, uh, well, he's not really like a star athlete type of Ed factor. But he's, he's had a, an amazing preseason. He's been returning punts. He's been making great catches, making great blocks. He's been all over the place. Stephen Burton is absolutely going to make the team if, if if I would have anything to say about it. It's uh, very exciting. It, this also generated a little conversation from some of you listeners out there. Again, always can, uh, encourage you out there listening to join the page and join the discussion. It's, <laughs> it's more than worth it. I mean, why not? You know, and I'm always 
kind enough to interact. David Longfield, yep, also, uh, he's a, yep, he's he's on here, a little conversation. He likes Patterson for the MVP, and of course, there's no doubt about it, I'm obsessed with him. He says he's a little disappointed with the Vice today. How about you? That was in the Buffalo game, of course, and yeah, that was, uh, really, I think both games, the Vikings offenses looked pretty bad. The Blitzes were really stumbling, on, uh, crushing the Vikings as well. We're going to get to that shortly. I'm getting a little out of hand here, or getting a little off track, but that's just how it goes. Generated a little teeny, well, not much of a conversation, but when I said there will be a major announcement, Justin Day said, you're finally going to let me co-host with you? <laughs> oh, Justin, I love you. I do. Justin Day, Justin from Rochester, great guy. You know, and, hey, man, you know, at least call in sometime, Justin. Why not? You're always welcome to call in, and who knows? Maybe, 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 yeah, maybe you'll be, maybe sometime. You know, just... I'm not against it. Sometimes it's good to have, sometimes two heads are better than one. Though I guess you're on the Facebook page, it's a lot of heads, isn't it? A lot of people talking. Checking for a couple other posts here over the last week or so. Looks like we got Mark Carlson and Malcolm talking. Mark Carlson, of course, out of Iowa. Malcolm, out of Oakview, California. Gotta like that. Facebook has just been a headache so far tonight, but it's another thing. That's just how it goes, but... Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, right? That's obviously, he's obviously the X factor for this season. There is just no doubt about it. Uh, Mark mentioning that he's been uh, telling his friends about the show. I really appreciate that. For Really appreciate that, Mark. That's really cool of him to say. And, you know, but yeah, and I encourage you guys out there, do tell a friend about the show. It would be nice. Malcolm, I wish this thing... Uh, Malcolm was doing the best he could also, <laughs> keeping up with the Texans game. Yeah, it was kind of tough. You know, both games I think were tough to watch, and that's basically what he was saying there. So I'm just going to I'm just gonna call it a day with the Facebook. It's uh, not really working the way I would like, and uh, enough is enough. Enough is enough with that. Brandon Kringer on the, the Twitter account, we'll get to that briefly, was saying how, uh, for me, basically telling me to chill out when I got mad about Ponder's interception, but really ultimately that one was more of uh, Jerome Simpson's fault. That that guy could drive just about anybody crazy, couldn't he? Jerome Simpson. But, uh, yep, totally understand with that one. He was telling me, though, the one thing that kind of got me thinking and could generate me a little conversation here <laughs> for me to, to tell you listeners out there, he was saying how it means nothing. But, well, when a player plays poorly in the preseason, okay, we can come out and say it means nothing. Yes, the wins and losses mean nothing, but... When you're evaluating players, <laughs> it it does mean something, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not writing off the pre, you know, I'm not the type that just writes off the preseason as if it's absolutely nothing. In the wins and losses, sure, but when you're analyzing players and and you know the quarterback supposedly that you of the future that you're just you know you're really counting on at least at least for this year, <laughs> you were you were hoping for the long term future, but at least for this year. And when he's not playing well and he's showing signs that he's not improved and he's just still making the same type of mistakes, it means something, Brandon. It does, if, if you're listening. Uh, at BK Ranger, R-A-N-I-G-R. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, he, I, I, I don't know. It does mean something. It's, it, it means more in my eyes than maybe than some of you out there uh, Dallas Deitzenbach also throwing in, uh, saying that Cutler threw one on his first, but yeah, Jay Cutler, 
He's another guy who's, you know, obviously the extractor of the rest of the Chicago Bears' success. He's had he's had more success than Christian Ponder. And I, I know sometimes some of these guys, they'll go out there and they just screw around and they don't really, they're not really out there trying to play a perfect game and all that. But Ponder's got something to prove, even more than Jay Cutler, honestly. It's, it's driving me, it's driving me crazy though. But luckily, luckily. Luckily, the interception was not Ponder's fault, but I'm just trying to say, if it was, you you can't just write it off like it means nothing. Uh, Castle's interception was his fault. It was a terrible throw. Just flat terrible. Now, this, of course, in the Texans game. We'll get back to that shortly. Uh, Tyler Trott was asking me, was the interception Ponder's fault? And no, it was much more a misread by... <laughs> misread by... Jerome Simpson, good times there, or Miss Route and all that good stuff. Uh, Justin in Rochester and Dallas also. Dallas Dysonbach telling me how, yep, they're really excited about Curdell Patterson, and uh, Justin telling me how I was excited the whole offseason, my friend. And yes, yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was I was plugging him the whole time. Antonio Fett, the son of Mark Carlson and Anthony Carlson, saying tough loss, but good to see our players put up a good fight. Matt Castle look sharp. And yes, <laughs> he spelled it Mad Castle, like King of the Castle. That's kind of cool. Uh, I like that. I, I do. Dave Martin also a couple of comments telling me how this looks like 2011. I hope this is uh, hope last year wasn't a blip. And I, I agree. I agree, Dave. Ooh, man. Yeah, it's scary. Honestly. So thanks again, guys, for your tweets. Don't be afraid to tweet me during the games or during the week. Whenever you want, I'm always here and I read, I'll still probably read a good amount of them on the show. You know, t- today there wasn't like a ton, so I was okay with reading all of them or parts of them on the show. But when there's a lot, i got to tone it down because I don't want to drive you listeners crazy. Hopefully I haven't driven you crazy yet already. <laughs> but no, I like to include my listeners. I mean, there's just, there's no doubt about it. You guys mean more to this show than, than anything. I mean, without the listeners, there is no show. And I think interacting with listeners is a good thing. I, I mean, you always got to encourage that, like mailbag on this show and, you know, the booth, email the booth on that show, stuff like that. So those are other shows. They do stuff like that. So you had the uh, the Texans game. Really, the the main attraction of that Texans game, I mean, it, it's almost like a blur after you see Cordero Patterson right out of the gate run for a 50-yard <laughs> return. I mean, you're just running up and you're just jumping up and down. You're really excited. You're ready to see a star player out there, it's it's like, here we go. We have a star receiver now. Again, how can you not be excited about Cordero Patterson? <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely pumped about him. There's no doubt about it. There isn't a soul right now in Viking country that isn't excited about Cordero Patterson. And it's it, it feels good after what we've been through the past few years. Uh, outside of Percy Harvin, we really haven't had all that much going on. Sidney Rice was good for one year under Brett Favre, but then he got hurt the next year and took off, and that was it. Outside of that, you've had the likes of Michael Jenkins, you've had Devin Aroma to do, and, and Bernard Berrien. It's just been a bunch of uh, horse crap, really, for the most part. Jerome Simpson was pretty disappointing until like the very end of the year when Christian Ponder started figuring it out. Oh, so... <laughs> um, Oh, so little against the, uh, the last four teams there. Ponder started to figure it out gradually, and then eventually in the very final game against Green Bay, looked great. And unfortunately, he got hurt, and we all remember that. But, <sighs> mm, mm, mm. 
it's uh, it's nice to have some receivers. So you hope that Christian Ponder can step it up coming into the season. So, I mean, these, these games are really hard to review, to be honest. They really are. I mean, you want to look for highlights along the way. They may. It's like these type of game reviews seem a bit less organized, and it feels unorganized just talking about it right now. Because these games, you know, you're not evaluating the wins and losses, so it's not going to be as detailed of a game review. It's more of evaluating kind of player by player. Blair Walsh looks like he's the part yet again. He's not just a <laughs> one-year wonder coming out of the gate, like one great freshman year and a lousy uh, sophomore year. Things look okay so far with him. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I was saying, you know, I need to see more. And, uh, you know, when Sebastian is saying how it's like, I'll stand by him till I die, basically, it's like, whoa, that's a pretty big statement. Uh, it's like McLeod Bethel-Thompson, all the talk about the big arm, but the lack of accuracy, and this first this first game against the Texans, it's, well, yeah, it was a lack of accuracy. <laughs> it really was. And only 44%, 4 of 9, really nothing all too special out of him. No big arm either. Only 26 yards and four completions. It's just like, okay, great. Yards of yards per attempt, two for, uh, 2.9. So basically three yards per attempt for young Mr. McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Didn't really see anything out of him in the first game. Uh, Matt Castle looked fairly strong in that first game, other than that horrible interception he threw. It was just like right to the defender. Very, very uninspired play by Matt Castle. Uh, Christian Ponder played only two... Only had two passing plays in the entire game. Stephen Burton led the team in receiving, including a 56-yard reception. Zach Line, though, was one of the other stories of the game. The <laughs> fullback that I talked about back on the training camp show just uh, two weeks ago already. Wow, it's already been two weeks. Uh, he made a he made one catch and scampered for 61 yards to Peter. Zach Line, this this fullback, this uh, undrafted free agent fullback to kind of sort of compete against. <laughs> the likes of Rhett Ellison or Jerome Felton. He's like a running back, fullback, whatever you want to call him, out of Southern Methodist. Southern Methodist. Uh-huh. Well, all right then. That's, uh, you're going to have to get back to me on, on that one. But <laughs> an outstanding, uh, outstanding play. He also made some nice blocks along the way as well. Dark horse to make the team at best, though, because Jerome Felton is a Pro Bowl fullback. Rhett Ellison was a fourth round pick that uh, everybody loves. Haven't seen a whole lot out of him thus far. To me, he's still kind of a an urban legend, which was a bit I used last year. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, he is the urban legend of this show. I mentioned that on the Twitter account. So the urban legend, that's a guy who, it's like, does he still, does he actually exist? Does he exist? See, like John Carlson was like an urban legend most of last year. You know, I brought his name up all the time. So yeah, the urban legend, Coming into the second game of the preseason was Red Ellison, the fullback tight end guy that the Vikings drafted in the fourth round last year. Um, who's supposed to be this uh, Jimmy Kleinsasser replacement. He finally caught a pass in the second game. <laughs> yeah, that's the urban legend. Uh, Zach Line. In a lot of ways, he's an urban legend, considering he made a 61-yard touchdown. And a catch and scamper. Showed some serious quickness after that catch. Because it wasn't an all that long of a pass. Maybe about a 15-yard pass or so. And he was just gone. And it was uh, a sight to see. Cordero Patterson, by the way, looks dominant. Uh, especially in that first game. Targeted four times. And caught all of them. Caught everything. And that's the good part about Cordero Patterson. What is the object of playing wide receiver, ladies and gentlemen? Can you, can you fill me in on that one? 
to catch. To catch. Uh, <laughs> guys like Jerome Simpson over the years, it's okay. He's got great speed. He's really athletic. Blah, blah. But can he catch? Yeah, yeah well, like, yeah, like one out of three. Again, what's the object of wide receiver again? Is it to catch or is it to catch? That's the first part. The speed is great. I like I love it when they have speed, but if they can't catch the ball, that's pretty much the end of the story right there. When they can't catch the ball, then <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose of the speed. See, the question is, you catch the ball first, and then, then the speed comes in play. That's when, you, <laughs> that's when it means something. Cordero Patterson does have both. Uh, apparently, Stephen Burton does too. Holy Toledo, Stephen Burton. He's, he's been catching passes. He's been returning kicks. He's an outstanding. I've been very impressed. Joe Webb has been catching a few short passes in both games. But overall, boy, oh boy, it's going to be a dogfight for that young man. The six foot four former quarterback, Joe Webb, former quarterback turned receiver who was originally supposed to be a receiver when drafted in the sixth round. Vikings have a very rich history of first round picks, which I've mentioned in the past, uh, at least two consecutive their two consecutive centers have been drafted out of the sixth round and made it to the Pro Bowl multiple times, that being Mr. John Sullivan and Matt Burke. It's been a very cool deal there with a sixth round pick. Hopefully Joe Webb can be another one of those sixth round pick gems. We'll hope. We'll wait and see. <laughs> wide receiver. He was originally supposed to be wide receiver and then they said throw the ball once and see what it looks. Oh, okay, let's put him at quarterback. And yeah, I don't know. Hope that may have stunted his growth as a wide receiver, huh? Because uh, he doesn't look bad, but eh, just nothing much going on yet. Jarius Wright hasn't been targeted all that much, but he's most certainly uh, the third receiver on this team right now, and that's a perfect role for Jarius Wright, who again is a guy I've mentioned many times that I absolutely love. Absolutely love Jarius Wright. Uh, it's kind of looking like. Well, there's four receivers that are a flat-out lock. We all, we already know. You got the Jennings. You got Jennings at one. You got, well, right now they're calling Simpson the number two. I think it's Cordero Patterson. But we'll just say Cordero Patterson just for the sake of, you know, the way I feel. The host of the show here. <laughs> Jerry Wright's the third guy. Uh, Jerome Simpson's the fourth guy. Stephen Burden <laughs> would be that fifth guy. So I guess that's it. I guess, that's, I guess Stephen Burden's the guy. <laughs> it's probably not going to be... Mr. Thielen, or or any of the others. So unfortunately for them, it's unlikely or possibly Joe Webb. Possibly uh, Webb is going to have a hard time making this team, though, unless they're going to keep six receivers. So I'm not sure because you get you know Jennings, Cordero, Wright, Patterson. Okay, uh, excuse me, Simpson, and then Burton. That's five. That's probably what they're going to keep. So I guess that's it. Unfortunately for uh, those of you that would have liked to see one of the homegrown guys make the club. Uh, Joe Baynard, also like one of those backup running backs, one of those unsigned running backs looking to make life miserable for, uh, or at least interesting for Matt Asiata, who was the third running back last year. Obviously you have Adrian and Toby at the number one and number two running backs. But uh, Matt Asiata was the third running back last year. Joe Baynard making a case to be the third running back. Looked very good in the second game. That was very cool to see. <laughs> Marcus Cheryl's still kind of like a fair catch type of guy thus far. Oh, man. It's 
excuse me for bouncing around a bit there. But, um, mm -mm -mm. okay, I'm getting mixed up with the second game. Yeah, I'm still kind of on the first one for the most part, but I'm throwing in stuff along the way because that's just how it goes. It's just the way things are going to be. Christian Beller did get a sack in the first game. That's the only sack the Vikings were able to get. Uh, we're not seeing much pass rush early on here from the Vikings, at least not from what I could see. Uh, am I missing something? I apologize. A, a guy in the secondary who's been making a really strong case to make the team is Bobby Felder. Not only as a solid uh, backup safety, cornerback, secondary type of guy, I believe a safety, um, but also a kick returner special teams and such. Bobby Felder, I think, makes the club. That's a guy who's been doing very well. It's kind of sounds like Adi Cole and um, uh, and Michael and Mike Mike Motti are going to really uh, might be duking it out for one of the linebacker positions. So, Michael Motti, Mike Motti are going to be duking it out for that position. That's Mr. 3 ACL guy out of Penn State. So, that's another thing to talk, to talk about. Looks like Adi Cole has the lead so far unfortunately for Mike Motti. So we'll see. I, I really like Mike Motti though. He does look like the real deal. Cole played better in the first game. I believe Motti played a little better in the second. Uh, Desmond Bishop, a very much up in the air, did not play in the first game due to the chagrin of a lot of Viking fans and coaches along the way. Now, by the way, Minnesota loses 27-13 to against Houston in that first game at home. Not an impressive game at all, unfortunately, for Minnesota, if you really care about the wins and losses. But also, just, the Vikings didn't play particularly well in that game. And um, other than seeing Cordero Patterson look really awesome, that was pretty much about it <laughs> for the most part. Uh, oh, yeah, Cordero Patterson and... Burton, Stephen Burton, looking really good. A couple of receivers there looking really good. Other than that, there really wasn't all too much to get excited about in that first game. The second game was horrendous for the first three quarters if you're a Minnesota Viking fan. Absolutely horrendous. The offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings struggled mightily. And I mean big time in so many ways. Matt Khalil got beat. <laughs> multiple times. John Sullivan <laughs> uh, had two bad snaps, if I remember correctly. At least, well, the Viking center, whoever it was, it was John Sullivan for the first one for sure, had a bad snap to Christian Ponder, and then there was another bad snap. I forget if the second one was John Sullivan or the backup center at the time, but my goodness. <laughs> my goodness, what, what the, you know, the offensive line couldn't have had a worse day, really. Because it seemed like the Vikings quarterbacks were on their back the whole time. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle the Vikings got even a point in the first uh, in the first half. Though they would have scored, <laughs> they would have scored because Stephen Burton. Well, you know who's got such great numbers here in the preseason. Well, not only does he have great numbers, but there's also a certain statistic that is not on the scoreboard or in the stat sheet because it got nullified due to a hold by McKinsey, Tyrone McKinsey linebacker who got an absolute butt-chewing by the special teams coach. Stephen Burton returned a kickoff for 101 yards to Paydirt, only to be nullified due to holding. Very, very frustrating for Stephen Burton and, of course, the special team coach. He was upset, running around, screaming, jumping up and down, and and then calming down a little bit later on. But, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> he was a little enter it was entertaining to watch, 
in some ways, but Stephen Burton, yeah. <laughs> the numbers would be even better. So if there's any doubt, Stephen Burton makes the team. Um, you're crazy if, if you're doubting that, to be honest. Uh, there will be no break on this show. In future shows, there will be, but this one, no, because it's, it's a preseason show. Uh, for me, the, the way it's structured today, there's no reason for a break. So just letting you out there know that and know about future structures of the show and current structure here. So, yeah, there will be no break today. <sighs> just letting you know between games, what's the point? Um, I did mention how Christian Ponder just still seems to be the same guy, and he does look like the same guy so far. Uh, was it because Buffalo was taking this game way more seriously than the Vikings and most people do in the preseason? Possibly. Because the Buffalo Bills <laughs> were way over the top in going into this game. There, There's no doubt about it. This team was playing like like their life depended on it. And, and because, I mean, okay, here comes the defense. They're blitz, 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 blitz. Like every other play, it was just, it was a blitz. It's like, holy moly, man. You think they're trying to make the postseason here. And then guess, and what does the offense do for the Buffalo Bills? What did they do? No huddle. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, like what? <laughs> Yeah, no huddle. No huddle offense in a preseason game? Right out of the gate? Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm glad nobody got hurt that I know of. If somebody did, well, sorry, I apologize, because this game was so gosh darn boring, I may have tuned out a little bit. Because Yeah, it got that way if you're a Viking fan. It got kind of boring. It did, just a little bit. Especially watching a guy like Kevin Cobb, and, well, the way Christian Ponder played wasn't all too exciting either. Uh, Kevin Cobb. Seriously, Kevin Cobb. You got rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick for Kevin Cobb? What? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, I know he's not a great quarterback, but he seemed to be like the only positive thing going on in Buffalo the last four four years or so when it looked like they had a shot of being a bubble playoff team at times before they would collapse in the second half of the season like every other stinking year. So you get rid of him for Kevin Cobb? I mean, you're going to get rid of... You're going to say, okay, I, we're done with this Fitzpatrick guy. Eh, you know, he's not going to get us anywhere. We're wasting our freaking time. So then you bring in Kevin Cobb? Really? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, really, Kevin Cobb. What part of the 4-12 four and, four and 12 season last year did you see with Arizona that impressed you? Kevin Cobb didn't play the whole season. And that's the other problem. He doesn't ever, he know he can't stay healthy either. Not only is he not that good, but he can't stay healthy. What was the point, Buffalo? What are you doing out here? Well, the good news is, for the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> and those of you might be slapping me around as I say this, or as I was saying that the whole time, like, okay, Joey, Joey, you know that they drafted E.J. Manuel, right? Yeah, they did draft E.J. Manuel. And, yeah, Kevin Cobb's numbers were good in a short time last year. But, overall, the guy is not that big of a deal. He's just not. He only played six games last year, by the way. Numbers were okay in limited time, but in those limited... Uh, he had eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Not bad, but overall, he's never been anything special. He's just that great backup, I guess. He's that awesome backup, like Ty Detmer. Greatest backup ever. Cody Carlson of the Houston uh, Oilers many years ago. Greatest backup ever, man. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll calm down now. EJ Manuel looks good. <laughs> With all that said, EJ Manuel looks pretty good, actually. So Buffalo does have a chance at quarterback, uh, with a quarterback of the future in E.J. Manuel. So, in a way, okay, I get it. Kevin Cobb was just a band-aid, but I, I would have stuck with Fitzpatrick, say, if Manuel wasn't ready. I would have stuck with Fitzpatrick. It's not the end of the world if if Fitzy, we'll call him, becomes a, a backup quarterback to E.J. Manuel later on. It's not the end of the world. Honest to God. I mean, what what is he now? A backup somewhere else. So, I'd rather, I would have rather taken my chances with Ryan Fitzpatrick then, uh, yeah, Kevin Cobb, okay, I made that point already. <sighs> Just had to rant a little bit about Buffalo being a little bit overzealous in this game. It's a preseason game, guys. Calm down. Calm down. But again, E.J. Manuel, yeah, I mean, he completed almost every pass practically. Ten, ten out of twelve were completed. He threw a touchdown. He ran also uh, fairly well. Very good quarterback. Very nice, uh, very nice possibility with EJ Manuel there, and it's about time the Buffalo Bills did something right at quarterback for the first time in in a, in a while. Um, they've tried; they always try to make a splash here and there, though, with getting the Drew uh, Drew Bledsoe and such. But oh well, we'll see what happens. 16th overall pick was EJ Manuel, by the way. So of course, <laughs> and I know that's why you know you guys might be slapping my face like Joey. You know they drafted EJ Manuel, right? But again. It's just I just can't stomach the thought of Fitzpatrick getting dumped for Kevin Cobb. It just oh, it just it just hurts thinking about it. It doesn't make much sense. Okay, again, I'll calm down. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't Matt Ryan or anything. So, whatever. Uh Joe Baynard making a strong case for the third running back. Like I said already, very strong case. Very solid game. Only 7 rushes, 47 yards, almost 7 yards a carry and a touchdown. He looked very good. He's he's quick, he's shifty, uh, he's strong. He looks good. I like Joe Baynard. Banyard, Baynard, Banyard, excuse me, Banyard out of Sweetwater, Texas. Sweetwater, Texas. He played for UTEP. And he looks good. I like Joe Baynard. In fact, he lo- Banyard, excuse me, he looks better. He looks better than Matt Asiata thus far, who's looked kind of... Uh, like a non-factor, really. He he got a he got a, a little share of, of rushes in the game and eh, didn't do all that much. He looked more impressive last preseason, to be honest. But you know that's why these guys are here. Uh, <laughs> he looks nice so far. Uh, so let's continue with the quarterback position. Matt Castle looked average, and that's about it. End of story. Matt Castle looked like a backup quarterback in this game. It looked a lot like Kevin Cobb, except with without the horrible interception of last game or Kevin Cobb's interception in this game. Uh, Matt Castle was unimpressive. Again, looked like a backup. But <laughs> when I said I needed to see more out of MBT, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, like, you know, that was the whole, pretty much the whole, my, my, my opinion of him on the last show and going into this one, going into this game and, you know, and all that good stuff. We need to see more from McLeod Bethel-Thompson for me to really give a crap about him. We saw more. We did. A little more. Not a lot more. A little more. He, he had a very nice <laughs> touchdown pass in this game. Uh, and overall, he was 10 of 17. The accuracy was good. Though, you gotta note, most of his passes were Christian Ponder types. If you know what I mean. As in very short passes. Where he pretty much had to get rid of the ball. And... <laughs> 
hopefully get a first down or get some type of short gain. That's basically all it was. But again, <laughs> it was a nice pass. It was a nice pass. It didn't look like a dominant big arm type of throw. But it, but the, the one thing that was impressive about it, in terms of arm strength out of McLeod Bethel-Thompson, now again, like I'm saying, it didn't have the look of like a, a just super arm. But the point is, it also had the look of there was so much ease in that throw. He just sailed it up there, like 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 it was nothing. He tossed it up there like, like it was a tennis ball to Rodney Smith. Rodney Smith's only catch in the in the in the game, and in you know, it was a 35 yard touchdown. All of a sudden, the Vikings were right back in the game, just like that, because Buffalo didn't exactly build a huge lead. And um, it's just, it was a classic Vikings type of game where, gosh, if it wasn't for that stupid kick return getting nullified, we might have won the game. And we had a solid drive going late late in the game that just disappeared. It died, got to fourth down, and we ended up getting nothing out of it. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I saw something from him in this game. That he could at least be maybe a number two quarterback in this league at some point. Maybe a spot starter some at some point as well. We'll just have to wait and see with how that goes. But ah, uh, he he's he looked. He, we finally saw something out of McLeod Bethel Thompson, in my opinion. Other than oh, he's got a great arm. He's got the tools. He's got the tools. But you can say that till the cows come home, and it doesn't really matter all that much. So we quickly quickly slide over to defense. Mr. O. Raymond led the team in tackles. It's like, who's that again? <laughs> Mr. O. Raymond almost forgot about him, by the way. Uh, Bobby Felder was excellent. He making tackles all over the place and again, doing kick returns as well. He looks really good. I, I love Bobby Felder. I, I hope he makes the team. Uh, Xavier Rose deflected a pass. Jamarca Sanford also deflected a pass. God, I'm looking forward to this secondary coming into this season. Uh, we know what Harrison Smith can do, but um, to see Jamarcus, and, and now we, we saw what Jamarcus Sanford could do, we finally saw it last year. It was it was a sight to see. He even got an interception in the game. Not only did he deflect the pass, but he also actually caught an interception this time instead of dropped it. So Jamarcus Sanford continues to <laughs> state his case to be the starting safety for this team long term, not only just this year, but maybe for a while. And that's surprising, considering what Jamarcus Sanford was his first year as a starter in this league in 2011. Um, you know, he was part of a two thousand of, of a three and thirteen team, and he was a big part of the the thirteen because he got beat so much, and he would drop easy interceptions. He didn't deflect anything. All he could do is hit people hard, and that was always my take. But yeah, he does hit people hard. But now he added he's he's adding pass deflections, interceptions. And knocking the ball out of people's hands. Be it killing the pass, killing the catch because the ball got knocked dead from from the hit. Or <laughs> or forcing fumbles, which Jamarcus Sanford did several times last year. So very happy with Jamarcus Sanford showing si- no signs of slowing down coming into this year. No signs of slumping coming into this year either. I, I don't really expect him to slow down because he's not old or anything. But I'm just saying, his skill... Is is noticed. His skill is definitely noticed by this host. AJ Jefferson to me, eh, I know. <laughs> I'm just looking at his name, and that's about it. Uh, well, he may make the team as the last corner. We'll we'll wait and see how things go there. 
Uh, I like Gerald Hodges so far. Nothing super exciting, but it looks... He's... He got the job done, though, for the most part. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, though. Guys like Xavier Rhodes, Jamarcus Sanford, Harrison Smith. Um, it, it, it looks good thus far. <laughs> Bobby Felder, I think, is going to get some playing time going into the year as well. It's uh, it's looking good for him. Josh Robinson, well, he hasn't gotten us killed. He's And he even deflected a pass as the, uh, <laughs> the slot corner thus far, even though a lot of people would tell you he's not really built for the slot corner position. He's playing okay so far. Uh, the urban legend, yes, the real urban legend of them all, Desmond Bishop, exists. He assisted on four tackles and also assisted on a sack in this game. Gotta like that. Desmond Bishop assisted on a sack. So maybe, just maybe, Desmond Bishop will still make this club. <laughs> I hope so for his sake. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Desmond Bishop, you better you, you better make this team, buddy. You know, get healthy, man. Get healthy, Desmond Bishop. Stay healthy. Make this club, please. Uh, I was Tyron McKenzie, yep, by the way, that I mentioned earlier, yep. That made, uh, that screwed up that thing, yep. Hopefully I said his, yeah, I, I did say his name right. I'm just freaking out here, sorry. A lot of people like Anthony McLeod. I, whatever, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Dark horse at best to make the club. Um... The game was really, 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 really difficult to watch until the fourth quarter. It, 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 it reeked of a fourth quarter comeback, but unfortunately for the Minnesota Vikings, did not finish that way. But again, the wins and losses don't matter too much, though ugh, it just reeked like one of those stupid losses that Vikings had in the past. Thank God it didn't count in the regular season. Hopefully they can learn from their mistakes and hopefully that offensive line plays better when the season starts because it's not looking good so far. Through two games, the offensive line does not look good. Uh, the quarterbacks outside of McLeod Bethel-Thompson don't look all too special. Uh, Castle played good in the first game, did not play good in the second game. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson was non-existent in the first game, looked strong in the second game. Now it's Christian Ponder time. The third game against the San Francisco 49ers going into Sunday night. Am I going to preview that game? No, it's a preseason game. I'm not going to preview it at all, other than Christian Ponder. This is time for Christian Ponder to put some faith in the hearts of Minnesota Viking fans. This is time for Christian Ponder to show at least something. Some type of pocket presence. <laughs> some type of confidence out there. Ability to make an accurate throw that's longer than two yards. Ability to stay in the pocket when being rushed. <laughs> in order to com- possibly complete a, a, a real pass rather than just a panic pass. This is what it's about going into San Francisco on uh, Sunday night. Minnesota needs to win this game. No, okay, no, they don't need to win the game. What am I talking about? But Christian Ponder needs to win over the fan base. That's what I'm trying to say. Needs to win over the fan base. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long climb, though, for Christian Ponder to do that. Even if he plays super well in the game, it's going to be like, yeah, okay, it was a preseason game. Who cares? But mm, it'd be nice to see Christian Ponder show a little hint of improvement going into this season. But I guess we're going to have to really, truly wait to see that in Game 1 against Detroit. Ultimately, Game 1, the real Game 1. But we're not quite there yet. (laughs) No, we are not. So... Again, guys, thank you so much. Again, so nice to hear from you out there, Dakota Sports FM. Hopefully you guys can... (laughs) 
Hopefully you guys can join the Facebook page. Thank you so much to, for, uh, for, for listening to the show. Really nice to meet you out there, Travis, and others that will be joining at some point. Hopefully, hopefully maybe someone can call in, someone can post on the Facebook page. Who knows? Who, who, who knows what will happen? But it's really nice to be on the airwaves with you. Uh, also, Dakota Sports FM does tune-in radio as well, so that will be really cool. You're going to be able to hear Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion, and Brave the Wild on TuneIn Radio as well. Very, very exciting. <laughs> very exciting indeed. So, thanks again so much for that. Again, Purple Mafia, ultimately though, the flagship ship, uh, website is thesportstuff.com. Do check that website out. And uh, it would be appreciated so very much. Don't be afraid to check out the other shows on there. Hopefully we'll be getting a basketball show or two on that page coming up. A possible Lakers show. Just throwing that out there. The possibility is strong of that. No reason to really keep that a secret. It's just a very strong possibility. It would be great to have that on there. Be be a very welcome addition. So out there, please do tell a friend about the show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a little bit hyper, a little bit excited tonight because I'm finally on. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Dakota Sports FM. It's just another, another arm, you know, another arm, you know, when you, when you're growing the body of the of the network, so to speak, the Purple Mafia Radio Network. I'm just making that up, but I mean, it, it's it's networking with other networks. That's what's exciting about this. So, trying try to do my best to continue to broaden our horizons. So, great to have the Dakotas involved with this show, particularly South Dakota, but hopefully North as well as listening. So, thanks again, guys. We'll hopefully have another show up after the next game. Sorry that I didn't have a show last week. Just kind of busy, kind of just wanted to get two games in to really be able to assess the team. Because that first game was borderline unreviewable, to be honest with you. it was That, that Texans game was borderline unreviewable. I mean, that's why I kind of had a hard time with it earlier. It's like, you know, what really was there to say about that game other than Cordero Patterson was freaking awesome and Stephen Burden looked good. That's about it. And that's like, well, after that, it's like, uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> also, I was fighting with the TV a lot of that night because there was, it was having problems. I was able to keep up with the game just fine, but I got to tell you, that the TV was distracting the crap out of me at times, trying to fix it. So, it's just one of those things. There were It wasn't the TV, it was the, the video feed going into the TV was having some serious problems and eventually had to have a technician come out to repair wires outside, not inside. Inside, I can take care of it myself, personally. But outside, uh, really, I'm not supposed to, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be out there climbing uh, electric, you know, <laughs> electric lines. That's not a very good idea. No. No, 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 no. Especially if I'm not getting paid to do it. You know, paid professional, all that good stuff. That's not a good idea. So... But really, with no further ado, we are going to call it a show. We should have another Purple Mafia recorded after the San Francisco game. Possibly Monday or so, I'll have another show recorded. And uh, we'll be ready to talk Vikings again. Don't be afraid to call in. Don't be afraid to post in the Facebook page or uh, mention on the Twitter. Interact on the Twitter account as well, at Purple Mafia Show. And then, of course, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Dakota Sports FM. Don't be afraid to go there and check out the other shows in there as well. And, of course, thesportsstuff.com. Thanks again, everybody. We'll be back soon.